Hello, how are you guys doing? It is yet another episode of the Don't Quote Me podcast with your boy Maurice McMillan and I hope you guys are all doing well like usual. It is the 7th, not, nah, I'm lying. It is 7-11, that's what I meant to say. It's the 11th of July. So, um, yeah, weird day. Um, I didn't get any free Slurpees, you know, I was kind of too lazy to go hunt down a 7-Eleven right now, even though there's a couple downtown. But, um, yeah, so let's get into a little bit of housekeeping. I have officially picked up a new hobby and I bought my own bow and arrow set. And um, I am ready to learn the finer part, finer points of uh, recreational archery. Until I get really good, then I'll be bow hunting. So um, that's definitely going to be down the line. But uh, you know, I got long-term goals for that shit. Eventually, if I can hunt my own meals, that would be dope. But um, you know, gotta crawl before I walk. Then I gotta walk before I run. And then I can, and then when I learn how to run, I can do tricks and shit. You know shooting niggas upside down, you know, behind the back, Robin Hood, break dancing, bow and arrow shit. I don't know. Some fucking weird ass tricks. But uh also um I bought a new book. You know, that that's that doesn't really happen too often. Like a physical book. I had a couple audio books recently, but I bought a physical copy of a book. And um it was The Plot to Hack America by Malcolm Nance. Uh so uh he's gonna be my first shout out. Uh, Malcolm Nancy wrote this book and uh it's uh I'm what like 20 pages deep right now and so far it's pretty good but I already pretty much expected it to be because it came out almost two years ago to the day uh, actually a couple months off but it came out the month before the election and uh so it's pretty interesting to get this kind of like hmm, we'll see what happens perspective when you already know what happens, this is like, I can imagine this book being extra depressing in like two or four or 40 years, you know, reading this book, like holy shit, man. He thought we had a chance, man. Bless his heart. But you know, shout out to Malcolm Nance. He's one of the few people who come on MSNBC that I'm just like, he's actually making sense. And I don't have to agree with everyone a hundred percent, but I'm just like, you seem to be actually making sense. Unlike half the people on the panel. So uh, that's cool. And, uh, also I, uh, I'm coming to terms. I think Daytona might be album of the year for me. Cause, uh, that put that when I start listening to music or whatever, there are just so many moments where I just like, I just feel like listening to this whole album cause it's 20 minutes. So I was just like, fuck, I can really enjoy this shit. So I've definitely listened to Daytona probably like at least seven or eight times in full, which is way more than any other album this year. I think I listened to Redemption by J-Rock maybe uh, two or three times all the way through, if I remember correctly. But, like, I usually max out on two for, for artists who aren't Kendrick. <laughs> I usually can only listen to their album, like, once or twice. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to start picking songs out now. But, um, with, you know, a few exceptions here and there. And uh, also, my second shout-out is going to Aisha Tyler. Because right before I started, uh, you know, getting ready for the show today, I was uh, watching the boondocks because I just had, for some reason, the, the quote, 
Thanks for inviting the killer kung fu wolf bitch to the crib, granddad. Just got stuck in my head randomly, so I was like, I need to watch Boondocks again. And wouldn't you fucking know it, Aisha Tyler is the voice of the killer kung fu wolf bitch. And that blew my fucking mind. Because I've seen an episode at least ten times and never put two and two together. That we got Lana from Archer and uh, Luna from the Boondocks in a one-off episode as the same person. So, that was cool. Um... And, uh, so yeah, shouts out to her. But, um, so I'm reading this book and it's going to lead me into the first story of the, of the episode. And, uh, so I'm reading this book and I was on my, a break at work and I got to the part where he mentions Paul Manafort for the first time by name. And I'm thinking to myself, he's writing this and Paul Manafort is still Donald Trump's campaign manager. And I'm just like, holy fucking crap shit has changed in less than two years and so it leads me into my first story and as I was getting ready today I just happened to be on Twitter and I just happened to see an update from Rachel Maddow's Twitter and what I happened to see caught my fucking eye and now that I've looked through it a little bit more it's just a wild wild story so I might have to read this whole document because we definitely seem to be living in like a spy novel and it's really fucking bizarre so yeah this is all from rachel maddow's twitter um and so she had some uh court document uh pieces right but you know as you may or may not know paul manafort is in jail right now but you know rich white people they don't go to the same jail that poor black people go to the jail that they go to you know has a couple of fancier bells and whistles and um the first tweet that is up here is special counsel's office says Manafort has been surreptitiously sending emails from jail. So I don't know too many black people who got internet connections in jail, but Paul Manafort not only got internet connection, but he's sending emails and shit. So he's doing better than most. So I'm going to read you this uh, little piece from the uh, document. Although the jail does not allow prisoners to send or receive emails, Manafort appears to have developed a workaround. Manafort has revealed on the monitored phone calls that in order to exchange emails, he reads and composes emails on a second laptop that is shuttled in and out of the facility by his team. And when a team takes the laptop from the jail, it is reconnected to the internet and Manafort's emails are transmitted. So this dude, this, he is the most fucking guilty dude. And we're still pretending like this is a witch hunt. That just blows my fucking mind. And that just shows you how poor of a job the media has done at grabbing people's attention and telling them what the fuck is actually happening. Because everybody wants to like tiptoe. I'm like, mm, maybe Trump's not a liar. Maybe he just fibbed. Maybe he just made a mistake, you know? Maybe he just fucked up for the 47,000 consecutive time in a row since Tuesday. You know, maybe it was all just, you know, one big winky dink. And I'm like, no, that nigga a liar. Like, like, call a nigga a spade and move on. You know what I mean? But so let me continue. Manafort's phone and computer access in jail led to this next quote in the uh, document. Manafort also has a personal telephone in his unit, which he can use over 12 hours a day to speak with his attorneys. According to prison telephone logs, in the last three weeks, Manafort has had over 100 phone calls with his attorneys and another 200 calls with other people. There 
Those telephone logs indicate Manafort has spoken to his attorneys every day and often multiple times a day. Manafort also possesses a personal laptop that he is permitted to use in his unit to review materials and prepare for trial. The jail has made extra accommodations for Manafort's use of the laptop, including providing him an extension cord to ensure the laptop can be used in his unit and not just in a separate workroom. Like, they are going through all the fucking stops to make sure this dude is comfortable in prison. And the next one is just going to be the icing on the cake to prove my point even further. And this is from Rachel Maddow's Twitter, the last tweet in this uh, trilogy. Manafort's living conditions in jail. He has had his own, he has his own shower and bathroom and doesn't wear a jail uniform. So let's read this court document. Among the unique privileges Manafort enjoys at the jail are a private, self-contained living unit, which is larger than other inmates' units, has his own bathroom and shower facility, his personal telephone, and his own workspace to prepare for trial. Manafort is also not required to wear a prison uniform. On the monitored prison phone calls, Manafort has mentioned that he is being treated like a, quote, VIP. So... Yeah, man, rich white folk, man. God damn, what can't they do? I mean, apparently they can't reunite brown kids with their parents, but they can get away with some sketchy shit constantly. You know, wild world we're living in. But, you know, me, I'm a pessimist, so I know for a fact things are only going to get worse. Eventually, they may get better, but I don't see that happening in this decade. That's just me personally. And that's just a decade. We still got, that's just two years, bro. Like, the real question is, will we be okay in the next decade? And that's up in there. But I know for a fact the next two years are not going to be on the upswing anytime soon. So, yeah, interesting little bit of news I just happened to stumble upon. Because if I didn't just happen to be on Twitter at that moment, I would have never fucking saw this. So I had to move that to the top of my news list for the day. So, on to the actual news. So, uh, as you may or may not know, uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy has decided to retire. So, uh, there's going to be a vacancy on the Supreme Court. And uh, Donald Trump basically picked the most partisan, Republican, sketchy dude he could have off of this list that was narrowed down to four people. And that person was Brett Kavanaugh. So I'm not going to be hysterical and just say like, oh my God, he's going to end abortions and ruin gay people's lives and he's going to do all these terrible things. I'm just going to tell you this. If you expecting good things to happen out of this administration, I don't know what rock you smoking, but you probably need to sell that shit and make a killing because shit is going to get fucked up for the rest of us. And if you got a dollar, you may, be, you may be all right, but if you broke or if you black or if you brown... Or if you happen to be uh, on the LGBT, uh, P, <laughs> PT, LGBT spectrum anywhere, I would be on high alert. Just start stocking funds because apparently money thing is the, money is the only thing that will save us in this uh, current uh, piece of American history we're living through. So uh, uh, coincidentally, on the topic of money, this story broke today that I thought was interesting. And apparently... The nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, has incurred tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt on fucking baseball tickets. 
Nationals tickets to be specific if you are a baseball fan. But I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted by white folk these days. Just like the things y'all do and people just, just shrugging like, oh, it's fine. He's white. <laughs> and I'm sure they don't say it outright, but when you're on the outside looking in as a black person, that's what it looked like to us. It's like, no, he's a white man. You just, just let him rock, you know? Gonna be all right. <laughs> So uh, apparently he has racked up a fuck ton of credit card debt and shit and his net worth is pretty low for someone who's a federal judge. And uh, it's just interesting that this is probably the first broke person that Trump has picked intentionally to enter his White House. Because you may or may not know this, but a while ago he said he only wants to hire rich people. So um, yeah, uh, apparently this is on brand for him. So I thought that was interesting as well. And on to the next story. Uh, this is uh, the one that caught my eye the most this, my, my eye the most this week, and that was apparently Trump has a, a basically announced he wants to uh, apply an additional two hundred billion dollars worth of tariffs on Chinese goods, and that's additional to the uh, thirty four billion that he just put into effect last Friday. So I'm not uh, a, a economic expert or scholar so i'm just a regular citizen but you know i feel like fucking with china financially might not be the wave and since i have like literally zero faith in trump and as i mentioned earlier i'm a giant pessimist i just started selling stock immediately the the second i heard this fucking news because i was just like he's gonna like like it's just gonna all just like pop like a balloon like an instant and stocks are gonna go down drastically and i'm like i want no parts of that bullshit (laughs) because i we are just fucking it's like people are like we might go to a recession we might go to a recession we might go to a recession and trump is like okay speed up speed this shit up you know go to a recession quicker fuck the economy up quicker all right i got you and he seems to be doing everything he can to piss off every ally we got and uh antagonize everyone except for you know obviously putin and apparently kim jong-il now that's weird but i don't know how they flip-flop so so quick on that one i remember when he was talking shit about kim all weekend but now he's just like no no he's cool he ain't building bombs man that nigga fine it's like nah we don't we don't trust you no more dude i don't even know what you're doing with your life obviously it's not intelligent shit but you know that's just seems to be on brand for him as well so let me read this a little bit of the story i saw from cnbc um titled trump administration announces list of tariffs on 200 billion dollars in chinese goods quote the Trump administration on Tuesday released a list of 10% tariffs on $200, $200 billion in Chinese goods, making good on the president's recent threats to escalate and broaden trade war with Beijing. The $200 billion figure we're looking at is roughly equal to their exports to us, a senior administration official said. The tariffs will not go into effect immediately, but will undergo a two-month review process with hearings august 20th to 23rd so these aren't immediate but you know as you have probably noticed from the 90 percent republican approval rating with this president uh if he says jump republicans say we got you nigga so actually to be more accurate if trump says jump republicans say who that's that's to be perfectly accurate so 
Yeah, it, it's... I don't see them telling him no anytime soon. They did pass a law in the... Not a law, but they passed a resolution in the Senate basically to limit Trump's ability to dislike, you know, throw throw billions of dollars in tariffs on uh, China at the drop of a hat without consulting anyone. So I doubt they'll actually, you know, stick to it because that would require standing up to Trump, which, you know, Republicans refuse to do. So it's kind of just like a show of, you know, good faith, I would say, but I don't think much is going to actually do any, like, it's not going to do anything to actually deter him. Because as we all know, he's pretty fucking erratic and kind of just does shit on a whim. Like he might wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, today is the fuck Transgenders Day sequel. Or he might wake up and say, hey, I haven't been fucking with black people enough. Let's talk about Chicago or some other shit. You know, you never know with him. He's like literally rolling a die. You know, he literally might just say, fuck it. We're going to war with Venezuela. Fuck what my fucking uh, advisor said. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. That seems like something that's very believable to me. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I am almost certain that we are going to go into a recession. But my question is, will it be next year or will it be after his re-election? Because I haven't seen anything to deter me from the fact that he is going to win re-election, unfortunately. Because the Democrats are pretty soft and they don't really like conflict, it seems like. And it's like, sir, you're not very nice. Like, that's basically how Democrats sound to me right now. Like, like uh, reporters and shit and, uh, 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 what is it, news personalities, pundits, all of those, all the famous people pretty much are saying that, like, you know, if the Democrats do this, we could stop the Supreme Court nominee. If the Democrats do that, you know, we can hold this shit off until after the election. If, you know, if Collins or Murkowski, it's like, I ain't got no faith. That's cool. Y'all got faith. I, you know, I respect that, but I have less than zero faith in this administration. Like they really owe me faith at this point, man. <laughs> like I just don't see Democrats doing shit to stop this from happening. Like I guarantee you, I guarantee you that if it came out tomorrow that he likes to have sex with little children, Republicans would still support him. We've already seen it with Roy Moore. So I've seen nothing to convince me otherwise. I have so little. They just they just thrive on lying and gaslighting and being disingenuous. That's like their bread and butter these days, arguably for most days in the last couple decades. But it's, you know, seems to be the place we're living in. So I'm just currently thinking about exit strategies, as I've mentioned before. You know, Australia... Uh, you know, died in Australia fighting an exotic alligator. You know, could be worse. I could have died from fucking air poisoning in fucking America or getting shot by the police because I took off my headphones too quickly. So, you know, it's really just choose your own adventure at this point. And so if I ever get some money together and my archery skills get on point, I would say as Australia is, is now my new top target just because I don't have to learn Spanish. But if the archery thing don't pan out and I do learn Spanish, Costa Rica is my first bet. So, you know, I got two first picks. And if I ever like, you know, actually start writing my book and make some real money, Japan, that would be the dream, but I'm too broke for Japan. That's like, if I, if I like succeed in life on hard mode, you know, that's, that's how I get to Japan basically. 
If I'm lucky, I'll vacation there at some point. But ideally, I'll move there and never fucking look back. But, you know. And then I'll definitely give up on Spanish, too. Like, because I'm going to have to learn how to read. Because, you know, not knowing how to read is not really the way when you're damn near 30. So, yeah. And well, I mean, if I'm going to Japan, let's be real. I'm not going to Japan in the next three years. So, if I'm real, let's say 40. And that'll be fucking optimistic. Soon I don't get like hit by a truck or something before then. So let's say 40. You know, you gotta learn how to read when you're 40, man. Like that's, you know, it's only so cute that ah, that 40 year old black man can't read. At some point you're going to prison. I'm just saying. Maybe that's America's raising me on the wrong shit, but I feel like that would inevitably land me in prison. But anyway, let's talk about the other big news of the day. Trump embarrassing us at the NATO uh, gathering. So, um, today, uh, it's from the Washington Post, Trump berates NATO allies and then asks them to double their defense spending goals. So, that's this classic Trump. Fuck you, y'all suck, anyway, do me a favor, because, you know, I'm good for it. Like, dude's wild. But anyway, I'm paraphrasing. I just, I just have so little energy for anything he says, because it's like a lie, like 95% of the time. 5% of the time, it's a misrepresentation of the truth. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> so, speaking of, we're going to talk about misrepresentations of the truth. Quote from Trump. We're supposed to protect Germany. They're getting their energy from Russia. One, apparently, we got our energy from Russia when we were beefing with them during the Cold War. Go figure. Two, Trump and uh, um, ExxonMobil slash Rex Tillerson and Russia slash Vladimir Putin wanted to do an energy deal for billions of dollars. So there you go. He either lies or misrepresents the truth. So it's really frustrating. But let's move on to the biggest lie and the most funniest part of this whole thing. Trump accused Germany of being capital to Russia. So we were definitely definitely li- living in the gaslighting times. So I was just like, bruh, like you just don't give a fuck about any stance on anything. Like reality is just in the palm of your hand, huh? It's like, man. Life for wildin', man. I don't even know, man. But anyway. What I was thinking of at work today was actually on this time, when I when I was listening, I was listening to Morning Joe on my headphones, right? The uh, this morning's episode, and they were talking about this. And as they were talking, I started to zone out a little bit, and I had this little, you know, a little side thought in my head. So, if you don't know what NATO stands for, you know, it stands for North Atlantic Trade Organization. And what I was thinking to myself, since you know, people are uh, speculating that Trump wants to leave NATO despite the fact that the U.S. basically created NATO uh, decades ago. So everybody's like kind of freaking out and like, hey, we made this great thing and Trump just kind of wants to just throw it in the trash. And I was thinking to myself, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he probably will do it just because he's a terrible president in person. So it seems like a matter of when instead of if. So when he does back out of NATO, I was thinking of an idea of what he can replace it with. Hato. H-A-T-O. Hellscape America Trade Organization. 
Because we are definitely living in an American hellscape right now. And um, I was thinking of countries that could be in it. You know, uh, obviously, USA and Russia, those are, you know, that's A and B right there. You decide who's A, who's B. And um, North Korea, because apparently Kim wants to, you know, I mean, uh, Trump wants to, you know, be BFS with Kim now. Looks like it's really not working out the stepbrothers way like I anticipated. But, you know, that was wishful thinking to, you know, begin with. And uh, also Saudi Arabia, because, you know, they're always kind of doing sketchy shit. And, uh, you know, not to mention the whole 9-11 thing. 15 out of the 19 hijackers were from Saudi Arabia, but it's just a, you know, forgotten footnote in history, apparently. Um, so yeah, those are just a couple of uh, appetizer countries that can be in Hato. And, um, if you want to just throw extras in there, you can throw Turkey in there, I guess. Maybe Israel, depending on how you stand on the whole Palestine-Israel thing. Or Palestine, I guess, technically it'd be, you know, I don't really know personally what Palestine would be doing in Hato, because, you know, they don't seem to have too many rights, you know. Like, I can't imagine Israel just like, nah, Palestinians, y'all, y'all can go to the Hato conference. You know, Hato's dope. But, uh, yeah, you know, this the random thought that came to me today. And on a side note, this has been on my docket forever, and I keep putting it off, but I'm gonna actually address it today, just once and for all. I'm so fucking tired of the if Obama did this, Republicans would be up in arms. If the Democrats said that, Republicans would be up in arms. Come on, y'all. Duh. Do we really have to say it every fucking time? Like, maybe, like, the first, like, month after Trump was, like, elected, like, I could see that. You know, like, you know, it's still new, we're getting used to- We've been with this nigga for over a year and a half. Like, y'all can't still be surprised at the lack of consistency of republicans and to be fair some democrats as well not quite as many or as drastically in my opinion but they exist but it's just interesting to me that we're still doing the if obama said that they would be up in arms like first off let's just address the elephant in the room he's black obviously he's treated to a different standard as a white man like like, are we really gonna debate that fact? Like, like, no, 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 white men and black men are treated the exact same in America. I can't see there being a difference on that one. No. Okay, nigga. You clearly sipping the Kool-Aid, it's a little too much. You might have sugar rushing and losing your mind. I don't know. But, um, it's, yeah, I'm so fucking over it. Can we just please dead that phrase once and for all? Please, 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 fuck that whole if Obama did it. Republicans are hypocrites. Period. End of sentence. Move the fuck on. Like, bruh, democracy is slipping away. Like, quit saying the same fucking shit every fucking day. Anyway. On that note, let's transition to the game section. How the fuck do you like me now? Anyway. So, the last couple of games that I've been playing have pretty fluctuated pretty much a lot over the last uh, couple of days. More so over the weekend. I haven't been playing games that much this week. but So, I had basically, as I mentioned before, I was playing Battlefront 2 and Splatoon 2. And I was, you know, I just kept going through a cycle 
and Battlefront 2 where I just kept losing over and over and over again. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, like the enemy was like the enemy team was like quote unquote cheating or whatever. I just felt like I wasn't improving despite how much I was playing the game and it was pissing me off. So I kind of took a break and, um, like Splatoon 2, I feel like I got really good really quickly. So, um, but for some reason I, I feel like I played Battlefront 2 way more and my characters have leveled up and shit, but I'm just, I feel like I'm like a thousand times worse at that game. And it's like, no matter what mode I play, what class I play, what character I play, if I'm lucky, I'll get one kill and then be gunned down immediately. Like there's no really consecutive strings of good, you know, offense or whatever. And it's pretty frustrating, but you know, it's a multiplayer game and I'm not really into multiplayer games for the most part. Those were some exceptions, but onto one of the multiplayer games I do love, absolutely love Monster Hunter World. I uh, dusted that off recently and put that back in. I played a little bit and uh, what was it? The Lunastra? The Lunestra? It was uh, basically the, what, like blue ice? I don't know. The like blue flame equivalent of the Teostra. If I remember correctly, that was his name. So basically, it's a legendary dragon and it's fucking me up. Like, I played a couple of matches where you have to fight both of them and we just got our shit kicked in every time. So I'm definitely considering putting that back in rotation and uh, forgetting about Battlefront for a minute just because I made way more progress in Monster Hunter and they still seem to be adding shit and upgrading shit. And apparently it's coming out to PC in a month, so... I hope people enjoy it there as well. Probably look way fucking better, even though it looks really great on PS4. I mean, uh, PS4 Pro. Um, it's definitely still my game of the year, unquestioned. And the only games that I can think of that might even compete for game of the year with it are Smash Bros. and Red Dead. I don't know any other game coming out this year that are going to dethrone monster hunter world in my personal opinion just because i don't see myself playing any other game for 200 hours because i'm at 180 according to my file which is an absurd amount of time so monster hunter world if y'all haven't played that game y'all are missing the fuck out 180 hours and it came out in january and i'm still thinking about that shit that's a great fucking game like, you can't even argue that shit. Like, no. But anyway. I just love this dramatic pause right now. I'm looking at it on my fucking audacity shit. Those longs, those, like, dramatic pauses. You're just like, what? What happened? I don't know. But anyway. So, um, the other game... Well, not even game that I've been playing a lot. It kind of put down all my other shit. Um is what I'm hyped about on Friday and that's Octopath Traveler. So the demo came out, I want to say like a week or two ago, I forgot, but I have been, uh, I played the demo all the way through and I really enjoyed it. I played with the, what is it? Uh, Hunter, that's what she was. Uh, the Hunter Hanat or Hanit, I always forget her name. And then um, Therion, the thief. And then I uh, maxed out on the demo and the game comes out Friday and I, and I pre-ordered it and I've been waiting to play it and continue, continue where I left off in the demo. And I looks a lot of fun and I didn't realize how badly I wanted a traditional JRPG on switch until I got to like, maybe like hour two and a half into that demo. 
And now I'm just like, holy shit, I can't wait to sink dozens of hours into this game and take it with me wherever I go. That sounds so much fun. And so I played the demo over again. First time I played a three hour demo twice. So uh, I think I'm at the like two hour mark right now. And I picked the scholar for my first character. I actually forgot his name to be perfectly honest. And uh, next I had got the merchant Tressa. And apparently uh, I was watching this uh, GameSpot video. Apparently the classes that I kind of like outright dismissed, like the apothecary and the merchant. Apparently they're really good in this game. So I'm glad to see that it doesn't look like there's any bad classes. Cause that was my fear that there was just going to be like of, of eight classes, like five were going to be trash. So I was like, I was kind of paranoid about that, but, um, so far they're all pretty great. And I got to admit, I think the merchant is probably better than the scholar just between those two. And the hunter is definitely better than the thief. So I'm already picking out a really good team in my head. And if I have enough time before now and uh, Friday and I finish the demo for a second time, I might play it for a third time just to see more characters' background stories. Because if I do all of that in the demo, I'll just fast forward them when I play them in the real game. But like still actually play through them to get XP and shit. But just fast forward through all the story scenes because I've like already seen them. And so now I feel like I'm actually playing the game despite it not coming out till Friday. So that's cool. Um, that's definitely been my, uh, game I'm most hyped about at the moment. So I'm counting the days until Friday. And, uh, apparently I get off two hours early from work on Friday too. And, uh, my bag for my bow and arrow comes in the mail tomorrow. So right after I get off work tomorrow, I am going to fire my bow and arrow and shit. And then I'm going to come home and play a brand new video game. And then the next day I'm going to fire my bow and arrow and shit. And then I'm going to see Sorry to Bother You. So I got a, I got a nice little weekend lined up right now. And then Sunday, I'm going to uh, watch the World Cup game and then fire my bow and arrow again. So I'm trying to practice as much as I can on weekends from now on. And maybe during the week now too, because once I get that bag... I assume I can take it to work because it's like, it's first of all, I don't even have deadly arrows. They're like hard tips or whatever. So I got non-lethal ammunition. Second of all, second of all, I have terrible aim. So even if I really wanted to hit somebody, I'd probably fucking miss. And two, it takes me like fucking five minutes to set the shit up. So if I were actually trying to use it at work, I'm pretty sure everyone would fucking notice. So I'm pre- I'm just going to leave it in my bag, you know, taking apart, disassembled and shit. And it's like tucking under my desk and I assume that'll be fine because, you know, it's a recreational weapon technically. And, you know, I didn't need ID or whatever, so it's not like it's a gun. So I should be fine. I don't think there's any like laws against bringing bow and arrows to work that aren't like, you know, hunting arrows. But um, yeah, you can definitely can't bring a crossbow to work. That's one thing I do know for a fact. But to be perfectly honest with you, though, using a real bow and arrow has made me curious about also learning the finer points of crossbowmanship. Because that looks like that could be fun, too. And I honestly, the more I think about it, why does anyone even need a gun? Because can't we just use crossbows for everything? They're so much more cooler. In my opinion, though. Definitely can't use those shits from fucking like miles away, though. Like, sniper rifles definitely serve their purpose. But, you know, if I'm not in Iraq, I don't really think I would need one. But that's just me personally. You know, 
But, uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about some game news. Uh, I saw that apparently GTA 5 was the most downloaded PlayStation 4 game uh, in the month of June. And this is a story from Attack of the Fanboy. And uh, apparently it's on discount right now if you if you don't own it. Uh, it's a $19.79 apparently instead of $29.99. And I have that game in my closet somewhere. So I was also thinking about playing that game recently as well. Because one of my friends just uh, got a PS4 recently and that's one of the games he has. And, uh, you know, um, that's also one of those games that has aged really well. Uh, arguably the best age game on console because um yeah it's still supported uh i can't imagine if online mode has gotten any less fun because it, it's it was still pretty great when i last played it a couple well maybe even a year ago i can't even i don't think it was the last couple of months but you know if you never played grand theft auto 5 you must be a minor because if you were over the age of 18 i don't know what the fuck you're doing with your video game life because everybody loves GTA, except for, you know, like, activists and shit. But GTA, <laughs> GTA 5 apparently still killing it. But um, if you are interested, I'll read you the uh, the top 10 downloads list for PS4 games of the month of June. First is GTA 5, then FIFA 18, which is right on point for soccer season. I mean, World Cup season. Then God of War, then Last of Us Remastered, which I've been thinking about buying, but probably won't. Detroit Become Human. Mortal Kombat XL, Jurassic World Evolution, Horizon Zero Dawn, Minecraft, and Gran Turismo Sport. So, you know, an interesting mix of games. Seems like they got something for every genre, it looks like. So, uh, yeah, uh, good for Rockstar. Make that money. And um, while I uh, saw that story, I originally saw it on PlayStation Blog. And then when I Googled it, I saw it on... Uh, um, not when I Googled it, but when I was looking at Attack on the Fanboy, I coincidentally saw it there as well. And um, so when I was looking at PlayStation blog, I saw that Dead Cells had got a release date. And this is coming to PlayStation 4, Switch, and Xbox One on August 7th. And if you haven't seen Dead Cells, it looks really fucking dope. And the reason why I looked it up originally is because someone had compared it to Hollow Knight. And after I beat Hollow Knight, I was like, fuck yeah, that game was incredible. So, um, yeah, uh, Dead Cells, definitely, I gotta be perfectly honest, the art style is nowhere near as beautiful as Hollow Knight, but the gameplay looks a thousand times more fluid and fun. So, um, there's that. Apparently they put their ass into the combat and less in the uh, art, so, you know, I respect that you know, gameplay over everything else, right? And uh, this is from their website, if you never uh, heard of or seen this game, which is fair because it's an indie game. Uh, DeadCells.com says, Dead Cells is a roguelite, Castlevania-inspired action, platforming, action platformer, allowing you to explore a sprawling, ever-changing castle, assuming you're able to fight your way past its keepers. To beat the game, you'll have to master 2D, quote, souls light combat with the ever-present threat of permadeath looming. No checkpoints. Kill, die, learn, repeat. So this game looks very dope. And it looks like I could definitely sink some time into it, especially considering I know for a fact I'm getting it on Switch. Because when, when games are like this brutal, 
I just I just give up on the platinum immediately. I'm like, nah, I don't need this one on Sony's console. <laughs> like, nah, I'm good. So uh, this is definitely gonna be a Switch pickup. So uh, you know, between Octopath Traveler and this game, I think I should be good up until the release of uh, Monster Hunter on Switch uh, Generations. So shit's looking good for my gaming future. Uh, second half of this year is just gonna be on the, like on a very quick upswing over the next couple of months. So I think the lull is July and August, but starting in September, it's just going to be a fuck ton of great games coming out all the time. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Spider-Man comes out September 7th, and I think Tomb Raider comes out September 14th. Uh, those are off the top of my head, so someone please fact check those. As you know, don't quote me, but... It's, it's coming soon, man. The holiday season is almost upon us. And also a little bit of news from the PlayStation blog. Uh, if you did not know, because I didn't, the Yakuza Kiwami 2 demo is apparently up. And if you never played a Yakuza game, you would not be the first because I didn't know about this series until Yakuza 0 because I've heard about it for a while, but I never played any. And once they had a prequel, I was like, well, I mean, obviously, it's on PS4. It's a prequel. I don't have to learn everyone. I can just play and enjoy. So that was definitely, the, like, I had to get that one, and I fell in love. So I went back and played Yakuza 1 on PS2 on an emulator. Uh, I can't even remember when. Maybe, like, last summer. And I really enjoyed 1. It was dope. And I almost played two, but I uh, I just uh, stopped for some reason. So this is the game I've been eyeing for a minute. Because when Ikuza Kiwami 1 came out, I was like, well, I already beat one. And I beat one recently, so I don't need the refresher. And, you know, it's whatever. So two's coming out, and I'm really having a real decision moment. Because as I mentioned, the holiday season is stacking up. So do I have time to play this game, despite how much I know I'll enjoy it? You know, we'll see. But I definitely got to see if I can sneak this one onto my list. But we'll see how that demo moves me. Because, you know, I, I I really fuck with Yakuza 0. And if this game is half as good as that one, I'm going to have a lot of fucking fun. So, on that note, let's move on to the final section, as always. Television. Yeah. Anyways, I finished Luke Cage. And Luke Cage was fucking awesome. But I knew that going in because I'm a huge fan. And uh, it lived up to the hype. Everyone said it was better than season one. I gotta agree. I feel like despite them having the same amount of episodes, I feel like this season was twice as long. And I mean that in a good way. Like I just felt like they jam-packed so much uh, plot development and character development and, uh, you know, and tragedy and, you know, triumph and all of that into those same amount of episodes, it's like, it was a feat. Like, I really, really, really enjoyed this season a lot. And if you haven't seen uh, any of the Marvel shows, or you don't, like, really like superheroes or whatever, I feel like Luke Cage is the most accessible one. Despite, apparently, fans saying that they like Jessica Jones the most. Uh, I don't know if that's still the same after season two for all of these shows, but I would argue, I would argue that Luke Cage is by far the best Netflix Marvel show. Uh, if we're including season twos, because Daredevil season one, I wasn't really feeling. I really love season two of Daredevil. Jessica Jones, I thought was pretty good, but I haven't seen season two, so it speaks for itself. 
and Iron Fist I heard was bad, but I decided to try to give it a chance and I watched like five minutes of it this weekend, but then got distracted with some other shit, so never went back to it. And um so, you know, obviously that one didn't win. And the Defenders, I I watched three episodes and I was like, eh, I'm I'm good. So, you know, Luke Cage, definitely strong second season. Uh, all, as I said last week, the villains in that show are really well written. And no, once I Googled something about one of the characters and their comic book counterpart, I knew the final plot twist coming a mile away. So now I know what it's like to be a comic book fan or whatever for this show because I never read the Luke Cage comics. So I basically looked up the actress's name on Wikipedia to see uh, basically what other shit she was in because her face looked hella familiar. And when I looked up her character in Luke Cage, they showed me the uh, comic book character. And I was like, oh, so that's definitely going to happen. I don't care what anyone says. And I was right. So uh, I won't spoil it for you, but when you see what happens at the end, just know that I saw that shit coming from three doors down. Anyway, dope second season. Highly recommend it. And the show that I have moved on since then, finished a while ago, but I finally started working through my list of shows that have been on there forever. And lately I've been on the kick where I'm just trying to watch as much black shit as I can. So first it was Marlon, then Luke Cage, and now Scandal. I'm finally back at Scandal. And now I got like, I think three episodes left of the last season. Because I was only behind, I think, like 10 or maybe like 10 or 9 episodes of this last season. And I had to stop for like six months for no fucking reason. And now I'm going back and I, oof, it's just flames, man. And I won't ruin anything, but I will say that Cyrus will always be one of my favorite characters in this show. Because, you know, when it comes to political dramas, you know, it's actually one of my uh, other stories coming up. When it comes to, like, political dramas, the, the the white man villain is a very fun character for me to watch when they know they're a villain. Like, I, I don't, I hate that shit where it's just like, like how Republicans nowadays are do terrible shit. And it's like, I can't believe people think we're terrible. Stop doing terrible shit for 10 minutes and maybe we'll think you're okay. But, you know, when it comes to characters like Cyrus Bean, he's like, no, no, no. I know what I'm doing is terrible. Fuck you. I'm trying to come up. And I respect that. Be honest about your, your sketchy shit, you know, and keep it pushing. So, uh, you know, obviously he's not, you know obvious to like you know just american people because he'd probably be fired but i mean like he's honest to the people he's fucking over like haha i'm fucking you over you know that shit like that's kind of character he is so um yeah uh if y'all ain't never seen scandal man i know some people don't like scandal but god damn i was hooked from the first episode when i saw that shit because i didn't even know about it and well i knew about it but i didn't start watching it until i think like I want to say halfway through season six, maybe, maybe six season beginning of season six. That's when I started watching them like in bulk and I like binged through them all. I was like, this show's fucking amazing. How come no one told me about this shit? And then all my friends who told me about that shit was like, nigga, we told you about that shit. And I was like, y'all didn't tell me about this shit. But anyway, Scandal, probably one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life, to be perfectly honest. 
and um, this last season is living up to the hype for me personally. Uh, you know, it usually comes down to the last episode, but as of the last 14 of the, I mean, as of the first 14 of the 18 episodes of the season, it's been, they've been, they've been, they've been hitters, man. So, um, this season's very great and, uh, I'm very much a fan of this show. And, and I honestly, part of the reason why I've been putting it off so long is because I knew that once it's gone, it's gone. And, you know, if I put it off, you know, there's still more a scandal, you know? So when everybody else finished Scandal, I was like, Psh, I still got more Scandal to watch. Ha ha. So now those days are slowly coming to an end. So at this rate, I might be done by tomorrow. So definitely, definitely invest it. And that's probably why I didn't finish Iron Fist, because I was like, mm, we'll see. But I will admit, the part that I left off at was pretty interesting in Iron Fist, so... I do have incentive to go back more than I would have if I didn't watch those first five minutes. So that is saying something. It did hook me in, but just, you know, not as strong as Scandal. But, you know, Scandal got a whole lot of shit going for it that Iron Fist ain't going to ever have. So that's just a whole, it's just apples and oranges. That's all it is. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about some television news, even though, you know, this is like, sport news technically but we got finals and we got finalist announcements uh france and croatia going to the world cup finals so um this game is airing sunday at 8 a.m and um psa pst you know pacific standard so uh 8 a.m i'm hype and uh what team i'm rooting for you, you can probably guess this but i gotta root for france and it's fucked up because I always crack jokes about France and I used to always joke like, oh, I hate France. France sucks. Ah, da, 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 da. You know, French people, blah, 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 blah. And I always crack jokes, right? Despite the fact that I have a French name, Maurice, and the reason why I'm rooting for them above all else right now is that very simple reason. And if you're petty like me, you'll see it coming from a mile away, but France got more black players. So I hope France wins. It's really that simple. You know, Croissants are dope, you know. I haven't had a threesome, but I've heard they're lovely, you know. French people have done some cool shit, but um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm rooting for France, though, you know. I looked at the Croatia team. I was like, damn, y'all don't even got nobody dark on your team, let alone black. <laughs> but um, you know, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. So let's move on to the news I was alluding to earlier. The other evil white man in television on and off the screen, Kevin Spacey. So um, this uh, Robin Wright story had came out recently. Apparently Robin Wright uh, hadn't had an interview since the whole Kevin Spacey news had broken out. And uh, Robin Wright is the, uh, you know, the actress of his wife in House of Cards. And uh, she basically said that she didn't know the man. And a quote from this uh, article from the Esquire, Esquire.com. Kevin and I knew each other between action and cut, Wright told Guthrie when asked if she saw any red flags. I didn't know the man. I knew the incredible craftsman that he is. We were co-workers. We never socialized outside of work. And when I originally heard this story, it was from someone on Twitter, some random person. And they said something that was like 100% facts. And they said... To be fair, I don't talk to like 98% of my coworkers outside of work either. 
And that is a fact. I really don't. I talked to the chick who got me hired. And that's literally it right now. And uh, it's not even like we talk all the time. Last time I talked to her outside of work was probably when I was getting hired. <laughs> and we usually just talk at work, you know. But uh, And then my other two homies don't work there anymore. So I got ex-homies ex from work. But, you know, that, that 98% is pretty accurate. So, you know, I, I get it. You know, it's not like you go to work with people and then like the entire staff, like, hey, let's all go hang out. I'm like, nah, nigga, I got to go home. Some people got to feed their kids. Other people got to feed their cats. Other people got to feed themselves. You know? Nah, I, I get it. You know, I ain't going to beat her up. It's not like she was molesting all those kids. Not kids, but you know what I mean? She, uh, he wasn't, uh, you know, doing all those, uh, he wasn't conducting sexual misconduct. How about I put it that way? I, I'll even go one further and I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, what's the word litigious about the shit and say allegedly. So, um, you know, she ain't do shit. I mean, yeah. how you gonna blame her from some shit another nigga did? Like, that, people kill me with that. Like, he fucked up. Why didn't she do something? I'm like, nigga, she didn't do it. Why the fuck did he, like... That kills me. But anyway, let's close it out with this last little bit of hilariousness. So, uh, Sarah Palin, no, you may or may not remember, was once a vice presidential candidate for the presidency. And uh, it's apparently she got played. <laughs> she done goofed recently. And uh, she got conned by Sasha Baron Cohen. Because he tricked her into a long interview. And apparently the problem with this though is that according to her, he was heavily disguised as a disabled U.S. veteran. Fake wheelchair and all. And if you don't know who Sasha Baron Cohen is, he is Ali G slash Borat. And uh, so I don't know what kind of makeup he was wearing. And she says, I presume. So it's, there's a percentage chance that it wasn't even him. So, you know, let's say it was him for the sake of argument. I don't know what kind of makeup he was wearing, but I'm looking at this dude right now, his stock photo, and I immediately thought to myself, that's fucking Borat. So I don't know how she fell for this interview, but apparently sat through it for a minute and then realized this shit wasn't right and then like stormed out. So, you know, apparently Republicans still being LOL worthy. So, um, you know. You know, when they're not doing, you know, war crimes and shit to brown kids. But, you know, in their free time, they can be funny and get trolled. So I saw uh, Ben Shapiro make a funny ass joke on Twitter today. Um, but, you know, Republicans can be funny. This usually in between human depression, but, you know, and, you know, doing fucked up shit to poor people or brown people. But, you know, everybody got to take off time sometime. Anyway, it's a good time to close it out. And, uh, I, I knew since before I even started recording, I knew like maybe like five, 10 minutes into setting up for this episode, what the name of this episode was going to be. And I mean, it has to be, it's the coolest thing I've said all, all episode, killer Kung Fu Wolf bitch. Anyway, deuces y'all. <laughs>